podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, welcome to Coach Unplugged. So thank you so much for joining us today. We would love if you'd love leave a review um, down below. Those five-star reviews really do help us a lot. Uh, but before we jump into the podcast, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. Can't say enough great things about the people up in, in oh gosh, where are they? They're, I know it's a suburb of Minneapolis. Um, I'm going to have to look that up before the next podcast. But um Great customer service, so easy to set up and break down. It is, uh, you know, I, we own three of them. That's that's probably, um, but I've had a lot of people come and try to sponsor this podcast, but I only do sponsors that I truly believe in. And I believe in Dr. Dish. I also believe in teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. It is my baby. It is what allows all these podcasts to go out and stay free and to all of you. So, um, you know, several ways you can help us out. By, by leaving a review, but also by coming over and checking out teachhoops.com. Uh, right now, we have a three, a quarterly, three-month um, subscription that will, you know, not be around forever, but we're trying some new things out. So come over and check it out and have a great day. All right. Welcome to Coach Unplugged. I, I stopped about episode 500 trying to number which one this is going to be, but uh, it's over a 1,000, so... I, I got to figure at some point as a statistician, I got to figure out exactly how many hours I've spent podcasting. That's a lot of talking coach. That's a lot, That's a lot of, of talking. talking. Yeah. But you know what it is? It's a lot of talking, but it's also a lot of learning what I've learned. Right. And oh, it's crazy. The amount I've learned over the last four or five years doing this. I mean, yeah, I would. Yeah. The problem is I've, I, I have piles and piles of all these notes and then it's like, oh, I got to go through all these things because they're so valuable. And how am I going to use them? And how am I going to use them? Yeah. And and we were in, and previously we were talking about Gene Nerd. I've stolen some of his stuff. Like his stuff. I wish I've I used. could do it all. I wish I, I know. could do it I've all. I've used some of his stuff. Now some of it, it's like, it's like, that's what I tell coaches is, um, and we'll jump in here in a second, is uh, you got to take a little bit of everybody and right. then make you. That's the key. All right, so Alan, I'm going to have you kind of, Coach Griffin, I'm going to have you kind of describe yourself, or not describe yourself, I'm going to have you introduce yourself, and then just kind of walk us through your basketball journey, kind of how you got into coaching, um, you know, kind of how all this progressed, and then, um, and then we've got a couple, we, we talked pre-talk topics before we came on, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll dive into a couple of those too. So I'm going to, yeah, yeah, I'm Alan Griffin, I'm in my 15th year of, uh, education I was be my 12th year of being head basketball coach and um I grew up a coach's son my my dad was a varsity basketball coach and later turned principal and um so when I went to college like I really didn't know people could make money in other ways like I thought everybody had to be a teacher and a coach and so um that's what I gravitated towards and uh, I actually played football in, in college at Carson Newman College and played for um one of the legends named Parks passed away a couple of years ago, but was very winning Division II football coach. And um, so when I left Carson what position Newman, did you play? Well, I was probably one of the best athletes on the field, coach. I was a punter. Um, ah, ah, so, ah. you know, and you can tell with my physique now, I mean, 
just it, it runs through me. So what? So so before we dive into our uh, post college is yeah. so what did you take from that experience that's helped you in your basketball coach? I learned that coaches have to make some really tough decisions that aren't personal at all. And, um, you know, I was, uh, I was a, a, a coach's favorite. I was a team's favorite. I was, you know, the jovial punter. And uh, my, I spent, I did it right. My freshman year, I redshirted. My sophomore year, I worked my tail off thinking that I'd get a chance my junior year. I was, uh, you know, I, I stayed, I took summer classes going into my junior year, worked harder than I ever worked, got in the best shape of my life, and uh, the transfer comes in, you know, and um, coaches coaches made that decision for, for me to be the number two, and uh, something that I had to either uh, make a decision for myself was, do I still want to be a part of this team, knowing that uh, we're the same year, we're both juniors, you know, I'm going to be his number two for the next two years. Do I want to, do I want to keep doing this or just have fun and be a college student? And, and I'm very happy that I decided to keep doing it, try to be a great teammate. And, um, you know, for, for a long time, I was mad that it was more than a decision of he was better than me or, or vice versa. Um, but, you know, the coaches had to make the decision for what was the best for their team. And, you know, all four years I was there, we were a top 10 team in the nation. So, you know, I learned pretty quick, like it was a business and those coaches loved me and cared for me, but they had to do what was best for their football team. I, I, I had this discussion with my team and my students in this. <laughs> so the first time I hand back a test or an assessment, I'll, I'll give the speech. So let me explain what I'm doing here. I graded these tests. This is not a personal reflection on you as a human being. Yep. All this is, is a snapshot of where you are right now. Like, and an opportunity to improve. And an opportunity to improve. So if you have a C, it's not because Mr. Collins doesn't like you. So I, I always spell that out the first time. But it's the same with, the, with a team. It's like, and I think the players get it faster than the parents. Absolutely, because the, the kids are there. They see it. They, deep down in their heart, they know that Billy or Susie or Sally is better than them. Yes. Deep down in their heart, they know. Yes. Uh, when you have, I'm going to tell you something else. When your teams are better, it's easier. Oh, yeah. That when your teams are average or below average, then then it's like – like You're losing I, anyways, Coach. Right. Like, well, I, I've had to cut less people as we've gotten better. Yeah. I've had less problems as we've gotten better because I've coached NBA guys or I can't like 70 collegiate guys. They all know this guy's better than them. And right. they also know that. So you're right. When they look in the mirror and they really say, am I better than this guy? They go, mm, I'm not probably. Yeah. They'll never yeah. admit it, but they, they know. And five years after they graduate, they definitely know. Um, yep. <laughs> but see, like, like me, uh, 15 years after my college career, my memory is starting to fade. And I think next year I might be the quarterback of, the, of that team. I don't know. Uh, you know, I get better as I get older. Right. And the thing is, that was the way I, for, for, for me, you know, shoot, there was the, my sophomore year. I was starting my junior year and senior year. I didn't start. I was still captain of the team. I was still a leader, but right. there were better players. Now, did I think that at the time? Eh, probably not. And I, I wasn't happy about it. 
I still played a lot, but right. it's like, why am I not starting to like, so it's like, yes, I think those lessons, I think that's why, I think that's why high school and collegiate and youth sports are so important. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause those lessons that you and I learned, you almost got to learn them by hard knocks. <laughs> really and truly. And that's the, that's the great thing about sports is, you know, the, it truly is the, the memories that you create, the friendships that you create and those lessons that you get, you know, it, it's, it's a lot better to get knocked down on a playing field or, or, you know, learn a hard lesson on a playing field than getting to your first big kid job and get canned. Right. You know, these are, and then how are you going to deal with it? It's like, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm, I'll use my son. Cause he never listens to this. He didn't, he got waitlisted from his first school that he wanted to go to but then got into a better school in the next, like that you would, he was crushed. He wanted to go there so bad. And that was the school and he got way listen. Who knows if he'd have gotten in, but something better opened up. So he learned the lesson that you, you it, it was like perfect. It was almost perfect the way it kind of uh-huh. worked out. Um, so, okay. So what happened? So you, after school, after you graduated, then what happened? Yeah. So, I went to school to be, become a history teacher and a, a coach. Okay. First of so all, my I, advice would have been don't become a history teacher because it's like being a FIED teacher. There's lots of those. Absolutely. So <laughs> I did the opposite, Coach. My junior year of college, I decided I was going to change my major to religion. Okay. Okay. So I'm Catholic. I go to a Southern Baptist college. I changed my major to religion. So, of course, there are just endless job opportunities for me with a degree in religion. <laughs> you want but, to be a priest, I guess. Well, it, the, the thought had crossed my mind. Um, <laughs> but so I graduate, and still the only thing I want to do is teach and coach. That's right. still the only thing I want to do. So I was very, very lucky. I sent uh, resumes out to every Catholic high school in the Southeast United States, every Catholic high school got a resume from me. And I got a call from a uh, Pacelli Catholic in Columbus, Georgia and got interviewed. Where's Columbus, Georgia? Columbus, Georgia is in the Southwest corner. It's, it's right on the Alabama line. Okay. 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 Yep. Frank Thomas is from there. There's, there's, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I, I, I don't know. I know the big cities. I just didn't know where that was. Yeah. Okay. Yep. It, everything's about two hours from Atlanta anyways. So it's the southwest corner of Georgia. Um, and well, I guess, first of all, nothing's two hours from Atlanta. Well, not with the traffic, no. no. <laughs> it it's is two hours to get to the perimeter. It is the worst. I have driven in every big city. I've driven in New York City. I've driven in Chicago. I've driven in L.A. Atlanta is horrible. <laughs> and if you can tell me where Atlanta starts and where it ends. that it's, Well, you know, I bought the Sun Pass. Because I taught from Florida for about three weeks during the pandemic because I was yeah. virtual. I bought that little sun pass and used that little um, bypass that you have. Yeah, yeah. Around Atlanta. Now, that saved me about an hour. Yeah, And sometimes it'll completely backfire on you. That thing will be backed up for hours. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So is there, there's no way for me to get from Madison, Wisconsin to – southern florida without going through atlanta i'm i'm in northeast georgia and there's no way to get to florida without going through atlanta i mean it's just that you got to go through it 
you gotta get is there it. a good time to go through it yeah if you uh if you go on sunday morning you'll fly through sunday, sunday morning okay that's about it though <laughs> i mean i have woken up from from sanibel which is south of fort myers at like 2 a.m to try to get around it it doesn't help doesn't matter yeah, doesn't matter i can leave at 7 a.m doesn't matter yeah. like rush hour traffic seems to go from 6 a.m to to 10 a.m i mean there's there's no good no good way okay so, so now i know where that is okay so yeah. so you, so you got you got a job there then yeah i i started and it was a it was the best teacher prep program i could have ever asked for um you know it was a small school 200 kids and i was brought in as an assistant football coach and a middle school basketball coach okay. and um the following year the the basketball the varsity coach at the time left and you know, small supplements, you know, it's not a state school, so no teacher retirement, you know, little benefits. Um, they had a hard time finding somebody. I said, I'll do it. You know, right. 20, I was 22 years old, so I thought I was good. The vow of poverty to take some of those jobs, to be honest yeah. with you. Yes. Yeah. And, um, but it was, it, it was the nine best years I I've, could ever imagine. Love those people in that time. And, you know, I, I grew with that program. And we went from having very few players and no success to making a run into the lead eight and, and having, you know, kids that, you know, I, I'll treat as my sons forever. So, right. um, and then I, after being there for nine years, you know, I, I realized that we, it was time to start making a little, had two kids. Right. Um, uh, so, in that time while I was at Pacelli, I was also became the athletic director. Um, and so that was kind of my day was being an athletic director and a coach. And so as I start looking at getting into the public school side of things, um, I, I found and got a job as an athletic director in uh, Northeast Georgia at White County High School and um, took that job and thought that I was ready to be an administrator and thought that I was ready to um or I told myself I, I'd be okay not coaching and I the first day I went to work there in the summer and I didn't get to go to practice afterwards I went home and I told my wife this this isn't it I got a coach <laughs> and so um I stayed there for two years and after two years I had to had to coach back and, and uh was really lucky um got a job late and um Gainesville High School in Gainesville, Georgia, big 7A school, 2,300 kids. Um, got the girls' job there and uh, got on as a school counselor there. And uh, going into my fourth now and, and, and love the school. Did you have to get a special degree to be able to do that through Georgia? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I have a master's in school counseling. Okay. Okay. So and what about the AD? Was... Do you need an AD degree or is there anything for that? So... No. Um, okay. A lot of schools in Georgia are turning to administrators to be athletic directors. You know, 20 years ago, the athletic director fault, or the head football coach was fault athletic director. And that changed. And we've seen schools just name sole athletic directors. And now it's starting to become assistant principals who also have athletic director duties. 
So those assistant principals, they're just, have they're just giving you, they're, they're not paying you anymore. They're giving you more stuff to do. That's exactly right. That sounds like that's a, like in our district too. It's, a, it, it's like that everywhere. Yep. yep. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, so, um, so were you coaching, you were coaching boys at Pacelli. Yeah. I was coaching boys in Columbus and I uh, coached them for nine years. And, um, you know, I, I've never really cared boys or girls basketball. I right. just wanted to coach, and, um, you know, got lucky enough to get the, the girls job here at Gainesville. Right. So tell me, uh, tell me what the hardest, what, what were some obstacles when you took over the newest job? Well, our numbers were real low. We, okay. we had, we had real low numbers. Um, when I took the job, there were six kids in the program. How many? Um, six. Six. <laughs> okay. I had, I had to have you repeat that like six. Okay. That might be a record. All right. Yeah. Then. So, so that's obviously an obstacle. Um, yeah. And, you know, it was really to, to no fault of anybody. It just, you know, in uh, injuries and kids just falling in love with, with different activities. And, um, you know, so I, I tried to get in there and, and talk kids into playing and which we did. We've, grown the program to, to over 20 now and um, just lost a big senior class. So we're, we're kind of starting over again a little bit. And uh, so, so what, what kind of feeder do you have? So we're a one high school system with one middle school. Um, okay. And then we have the, the park and rec department who is, has just started ba a basketball program within the last three years. And, uh, okay. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so do you know what you, you basically know every year what you have coming? Yes. Yes. For the most part. Yes. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're, we're about an hour outside of Atlanta. So, you know, we do have some kids moving in and out, but for the most part, we, we know our kids. What's the biggest, uh, what's the biggest employer in your town? Uh, it would be the, the hospital, um, or, the we're big chicken factory town. Got several, several poultry plants in, in our, in our city. You got to do the Chick-fil-A, man. You got to get your chickens. You got to get all that. <laughs> yes. There are plenty of Chick-fil-A's. Absolutely. I bet there's plenty of Chick-fil-A's. Um, so talk about, well, let's talk about what you sent me when, when you filled out the questionnaire about your style. I'd love to dive yeah. into that and get so, your thoughts on that. When, uh, like I said at the beginning, I, I was a coach's son. So my first job was, all right, dad, what did you do? And he was, you know, he was, he always saw his own, his own defense. He, he made his hay in the seventies and eighties, um, slower, slower style of ball. So, you know, that's kind of what I took into my first couple of, of seasons and um, actually saw a coach running the LMU system and loved what he was doing. You know, I love watching the team, high school team score 110 points and playing 10 kids and, you know, getting after it. So, uh, Got, got connected with him and learned the, the LMU break. And that was the first time I actually so felt give me, like I Give me the play. summary of the LM, LMU system. Give me the cliff note version of it for the cliff listeners. Cliff note version, you're sending, you're sending the two down the – we send the two down the right side. If our 
point guard can rip it out of the basket. As soon as we see hands on the other end of the court, we're making a, a pass, half court pass that too has the green light to shoot the three at any moment, um, run the five to the, to the basket. Um, you know, so it's, it's a rip and run. We're, we're trying to get a shot up within seven, seven, eight seconds. Um, and, and really what I loved about it is you could really capitalize and run the break off of a made basket. You know, it, it just wasn't a, uh, system to run off of a miss and transition opportunity. So we turned, we, we turned after a basket into a transition opportunity. Um, if we were running, running the ball hard and getting it up the side. I love that. Cause I've been playing with that. I think we're going to be doing part of that. So the key is that first seven seconds, mm-hmm. it, it, yeah. you, you have the time, right? Because yeah. that is the best shot you're going to get. That is oh. the best shot you're going to take. And in high school basketball, how, you know, from in my experience in in high school basketball, and I've always coached really great kids, but regular athletes. Okay, so if a regular high school athlete holds the ball longer than two dribbles, where are they going to get? A lot of times, the other team's going to get the ball. You know, That's so right. I I felt like I had more control running the LMU system than I've ever had controlled running anything else which sound which was my biggest surprise going into the system um i thought i was going to lose control going into it but i actually gained some just because we got programmed explain how you explain what you mean by gain some i knew the shots we were going to get every time down the court able to put and i had the pieces you know high school ball everything's about the pieces what gets off the bus you know you're I, you know, really cut my teeth coaching football and, you know, his old South Georgia football coaches, we're going to do what we do, coach. We're going to do what we do. We're not going to worry about anybody else. We're going to do right. what we do. And we're going to do right. it well. Yeah, I hear. I, I've heard that so many freaking times. It makes my head spin. Yes. But if you ain't got it coming off the bus, you better, you better start thinking a little bit. Right. So, you know, I was, I had a great point guard and I had a, a kid who could shoot the absolute, he, he was oh, actually finished the season at Pacelli shooting 47% from the three. And uh, he was, he made, I think, 81 threes. Uh, you're, you know, you're the math guy. So um, that's crazy. Well, yeah. my son was, my son and his, one of his friends who were going to both play collegiate basketball. They were in the gym and they were both shooting like 60, 65% on the, on, on, on the Dr. Dish. And my son goes, is that good? I go, Empty gym, no one defending you. You should be at 60, 70%. Yes. Especially when you fall in that rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. I said, that's not a problem. I said, take 20. That's, I said, was that a good day? Yeah. Cause you're probably, if you, I put a defender out there, you're probably in the 40% range. We can live with that, especially at the distance you're shooting from. But it's like, yeah. I, and I've said this in a couple of my recent podcasts. This is again COVID and me having too much time on my hands. There's basically four times on a basketball court. You're on the offense, you're on the defense, or you're transitioning to offense, or you're transitioning to defense. Mm -hmm. These other two people don't spend practice time on, Mm -hmm. right? Transitioning to defense. Mm -hmm. And what we're talking about is that, that like short window of when, you know, you probably can get 25, 30% of your shots in that transition in that first five seconds. If you, if you work it. 
And so when you do work transit, and this is what I liked about it, Coach, when you do work transition defense, how do you teach it? How do shot I goes, teach shot, shot goes up. Yeah, or, or how do the masses teach it? Shot goes up, shot goes in the basket. Where are you going? Let's say if you're man-to-man defense, how are you picking up? What are you doing? Right. Well, most of them in our league, they're only sending a couple to the offensive glass and everyone else is getting back. Yeah, getting back with their – Head pointed in the other direction. A lot of teams are going free throw line and out, right? Right. So I'm telling my two, you're getting, you're getting to the corner. As soon as you hit the wing, your hands are up and you're looking for the basketball. I'm telling my one, you take one dribble and and if you make eye contact, you're getting getting it to them. And my two's job was if nobody's in in your face, you shoot the basketball. So a lot of times, just in transition defense with a kid running back. What he about your three? Do you have your three go to the other side? Three three runs to the left side, and he would run left block. So he's taking a big loop to the left block. And, so do you, that, and, do you, and do you always have them run down the same side of the court? Yes, I did. I did. Um, and one of my first I used thoughts to hate was – I used to hate that as a player. Because oh, yeah. It, if it, I'm a two and I'm on the left side, just let me stay on the left side because I'm like – and we fought that hard when I was first when we first introduced it. We fought it hard, but I had a specialized team. I had a kid. My three is now playing Division One football as a running back. Okay. Couldn't shoot. Couldn't shoot the basketball. Right. So we're gonna we're gonna take that three from the right side. We're gonna run to the basket on the left side. Yeah. See, and like I'm thinking my team next year, uh-huh. and I'm thinking. Man, I got like four point guards. I got like three shooters. It's like we were just talking about this as a staff, which is all of you that are listening should do. You should get together on a regular basis. Yep. It's like we're just going to go. Like fill a spot. If you're the first one down, go. Like I don't yep. care because – What I loved about my group in the LMU break is my four and one, I had a team of ten guards. Right. My four and one were the same kid. Whoever got the ball got to the ball first became the four. The second one was curling out to be the one. One, I love you know, that. So those two guys were interchangeable. So what's a what's a downfall of that system? The, the maintaining a lead because you're you're working uh, in our Sweet Sixteen game several years ago. We went up. I think 75 to 50 and we came out at half and we made three threes in a row. And we, I mean, we got hot um, and we were up 70 to 50 at one point and began to stretch the lead. And, um, you know, runs happen when you're a shooting team, you're going to live with the die. I know, but the, the, so, so, so the issue is how do you turn it on and how do you turn it off? The thought, right. I mean, and you're, you're really hoping you stay on. Because right. you know you are what you work at, you are you what are. you work at. So, well, uh, and I those... we were thinking about this too because we're gonna have a bunch of guards. It's like, all right, so what? At what point do we just pull you out? At what point right. do we turn the socket? Like, okay, I've watered the flowers in the front yard. They don't need any more water. I'm gonna go turn those faucet off, uh-huh. and I'm just gonna let them sit there till tomorrow. There's a point yeah. where. I'm just going to spread you because there's no shot clock in Wisconsin. I don't think yeah. there is in Georgia. We either. just got it. It's, you just got it this we're, year. We're in year two of a three year implementation. Okay. So that that's different for the shot clock people mm-hmm. than they're not, but I, okay, I, we haven't come up with the exact time, but like we're up 20 with four minutes to go. 
we're pulling you. It's over. We're pulling you out. Let's go. Yeah. We'll just and shoot when, free throws. When we got we're... really good, we that's exactly what we did. We went four corners, pull them out, and, and we would start playing with folks. And, and there's nothing more fun to, than to score off of a four corners. Oh, uh, it's set. demoralizing, Oh, too. it's awesome. Oh, it, you take awesome. 48 seconds off the clock, and then you score – it's like you literally, you just you a little backdoor layup, you know. It's just back cut. It's over. like you hear this, like <sighs> the air yeah. just going out of it. It's like, all right, let's get on the bus, guys. Cause it's yeah, that's over. one of the few times I'll ever sit down coaching. When we do that, I'll sit down, cross I'll my turn legs. To my that, coaches yep. and go, turn out the lights. The party's over, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel okay doing it because I've taken enough on the chin to enjoy the ones I get. <laughs> Right, right. And the thing is that for coaches that are listening, you got to have that. But then when you're on the other side, what's your plan on the other side? Like, so, you know, I, I, I'll follow it. I mean, I'm going to make this thing where I'm going to get you home. So you can't go to Chick-fil-A because it closes at 10. I'm just going to, I'm going to, this thing is going to take three days. Cause I'm my, gonna... my first thing is a one, three, one. The first thing I'll go to is my one, three, one half court. Yeah, um, I like some run and jump, and this is this will go down to the when I'm I'm in like three weeks. I'm releasing my funnel down defense, which is basically I'm gonna I'm gonna it's basically I'll, I'll give you the gist because by the time this goes out, it'll already be released. It's basically we don't we funnel to the sides. We call them so I we use a bowling analogy. So we we want the ball in the gutters, which is the outside courts. We don't want it in the alley and we put you down in the strike zone, which is a short corner. Hey everybody. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Make sure you subscribe and like no matter where you listen, Apple, Spotify. We love those five-star reviews. Make sure you also go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Sports Social Podcast Network.